Choochie Wawa Hottie Footy. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast, hosted by Sky Payne, Fudd, and Steven B. Dent. Sky and Steve talk torture this episode with 88 in his role in Jabba's Dungeon. We get into the original designs, proof cards, chromalins, prototypes, and playsets. Then, completionist extraordinaire Duncan Jenkins joins to talk about some unloved international cards and has his first installment of How Duncan Can You Get? Plus, a market watch game with high branding stakes. All this month on the 107th Kivecast. Wampa Wampa. Welcome to Kivecast 107. Yeah, Steve, I, I knew the number of this because you were very upset that our episode about 8D8 was, in fact, episode 107 and not 108. It's just, it actually makes like perfect sense for us. It, we were that close. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we timed it correctly, it should have been episode 88, right? Yeah, so it doesn't, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't quite really work. matter. Um, I'm, I'm seeing your, your news. Uh, so, you know, we often talk about the figure first or we'll kind of catch up. Actually, Steve, before we get to the actual news, uh, as of today, Thursday, June 25th, you just released another episode of your little podcast. So I think you should, you should pitch that now. People should hear that before they hear us say a single word about <laughs> 88. T- tell me about, uh, about your most recent episode, Steve. All right. Well, so yeah, I try and do these maybe maybe for a year. That's like my my goal. Um, so this this is the first one for this year, and uh, I talked to this Japanese graphic artist Kaz Umori. Uh, he does this really really great work for for the sequels, and um, yeah, I talked to him way back. I think it was in January before everything went upside down, and um, finally put the episode together and, and put it out. So. Yeah. And it's all um, about it like fun. his life and watching Star Wars in Japan and what that experience was like. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He he I, he uh, was born in Osaka. It's all about that and um he you know it was uh it was tough cuz he's not um he's not all that fluent in, in English so we were you know it's it was an interesting challenge actually, you know, in terms of interviewing and, and making sure we were both on the same page and he's such a nice guy. Um so yeah. So the, the great the great, it out. the great thing is is that if if you've ever heard Steve's solo show, he's really good at interviewing. Um, but if you hear Steve and I interviewing people, he just goes full Garth and doesn't say a single <laughs> word. So I'm just imagining this hour and a half of just like, so, so did, did you, did you see, did you see Star Star Wars? Yeah, and, it's, and then him like fumbling, you know, fumbling through some English, and then you being like, cool. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's more like it's like a a hybrid of of Garth and then the. The Chris Farley SNL interviewer nervousness. <laughs> right. It's it's both of those things together. No, I. Uh... <laughs> no, you 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 step up your uh, your your interview game on that show. So yeah, I just I wanted to get that out there because it's really fun and it's oh, uh, it's it's often it's actually usually better than this podcast. So. Wow, well, don't say that. that's not true. No, but it's it's really good. It's very concise. It's it's um, different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you're paying attention, Steve. My my little YouTube channel. You're blowing up, man. Yeah, I'm over 3,000 subscribers now. So Yeah, uh, if, oh, that's if, awesome. I learned something important, Steve. Um, <laughs> do you know who are the most butthurt fans in the entire world? <laughs> well, we're familiar with some, but I don't know. I'm not it's, sure in terms of the music Star Wars world. fans have nothing on Bob Dylan. <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay. This guy is the most like rewarded and loved figure in all of history. I own at least 30 of his... 39 albums and I talked about how great he is but I just made a few criticisms and I swear to God oh no it it was like I was attacking Jesus 
anyway. <laughs> well, Bob seems like a pretty chill guy. Yeah, man, I don't yeah, know. It he, seems like he, he was he, he doesn't take himself as seriously as people who like him do. But yeah. <laughs> so that's what we're doing when we're not doing this show, Steve. And speaking of that's things right. that we're not doing, yes. the big news is thank God, you heard it here first. Celebration Anaheim is as they say in Spanish, Cerrado. <laughs> yeah, uh, I uh, I couldn't. I think when when that news broke, I, I literally could not express my relief. <laughs> like that's, that's all I could say. I'm like, I cannot tell you how relieved I am that that. And, and that I'm sure that we through. we have some COVID deniers who listen, you know, and that, and that's fine. Um, I, I live with a scientist who is just. Uh, very smart and actually does study this stuff uh, professionally. So I'm just like, I knew if the if the show was happening that I wouldn't allow myself to go. Yeah, and it yeah. would have killed me, and I and we would have had to cancel the archive party because it wouldn't yeah. have been ready. Nah, and, no, and I wouldn't have gone either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just it, it just would have been terrible, and it, yeah. and it, and the whole time I would have had this weird mixture of like FOMO and anger, and mm-hmm. I mean, there have even been some events, uh, New York events that have gone on. Um, and, and just like I'm not gonna like hang out like I'm not gonna like just chill not with ready Yehuda yeah and yeah jalapeno poppers like I'd love to yeah but yeah I'm not, I'm not gonna do it yeah um, so yeah so I mean, no, no archive party poppers. this year yes no, <laughs> but... no archive party this year um, if you are a sponsor you should have gotten an email from Steve about rescheduling the event um, yeah soon so, it hasn't happened yet but it will. <laughs> Well, that's the, my way of putting pressure on you, Steve. If yes, I say that yeah. Steve has sent you an email, that means you'll have to do it this weekend because <laughs> I'm editing over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. And the, the clock is ticking on that now, so yeah. definitely. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, so the, if, the addition that I came up with is that you are going to get a special Stormtrooper pin if you, <laughs> if, if you transfer it to the next archive party. Yeah. And I'm know, not I, joking. I'm going to make it a Stormtrooper pin. <laughs> I, I, I knew that you weren't joking when I read that. Sadly, I'm like, oh, God, I really wish he was he was kidding about this. <laughs> but no, no, we got time. So um. and then the the other thing is that we are maybe going to have a virtual archive party. Yeah, looking at the only that. problem with that is I have no idea what that means. So <laughs> if you know, please contact Steve or I contact contact us through Facebook about how we could do something. Like, yeah, um, my daughter's been doing these drawings of the characters from the Kellerman book, like the figures, and I was thinking it'd be fun to auction those off and give the money to a charity and yeah. maybe like get artists on, have it be like an auction charity kind of thing. So we're gonna try to do something for the same day that the archive party would have been. Right. Um, yeah. But that's uh, that's a long way off. TBD. Steve, yeah. But, yes. Speaking of TBD, we're here to talk about AD8, Steve. <laughs> yes, the the good old torture master. <laughs> yeah. So I have a lot of thoughts, Steve, <laughs> as you might imagine. Yes. Yeah. Um, first of all, torture is. I actually read an article in preparation this episode where it's describing the amount of torture in popular cinema, and it's ubiquitous. Like torture. Like there's torture in Zootopia. Like it is everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, that's that is strange. And the original Star Wars trilogy, each episode has a very scary torture scene. A scene that when I was a child I saw and really scared me. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if this is like some kind of Spielbergian, you know, Walt Disney, you know, you have to scare kids in order for them to get really connected or some kind of visceral response. I did just watch the original Nightmare on Elm Street with my kids this afternoon. Oh, man. Oh. Oh. Uh, But, you know, like, 
88 is definitely the most winner of all torture droids, right? Because <laughs> let's think about the, the torture droids, right? We got Dr. Ball in the first right, one. Right, right. That's right. Uh, then you have Ouchie Chair. <laughs> Ouchie um, Chair. <laughs> right. Uh, who uh, tortures uh, you know, Han Solo. And then right. you have 88. But, but I have so many questions about this, Steve. First of all, what is the point of being a torture droid who operates a machine? Like, shouldn't the machine just be a droid? Right. See, this is getting to something I was thinking about him, too, is that, you know, I feel like most droids, for the for the most part, they don't necessarily look good or evil. I feel right. like most of the time they don't. But AT-8, he just looks sinister. Like, right. he is the most sinister-looking droid in all of Star Wars. He is, and he seems to be enjoying it. Yes. And if yeah. you look behind uh, 99, or EV-99, you'll see that there's a T-1B being just tortured by a machine. <laughs> yes, so, like, right. It's weird. It, it, it's weird that you have a machine operating the torturing device. Yes. An- another question, right? He's not torturing him, Steve. What is he actually doing? He's branding him. Is that is that what he's is that what's supposed yes. to be happening? Yeah, he's branding him. But if you watch the scene like I have on repeat for the last yes. seven hours, <laughs> um, you know I did the same. Not quite seven hours, but I did watch it on repeat yesterday. He brands that thing like six times. It's yeah. It's. <laughs> I don't know how much time you've spent on a ranch, Steve, but I've spent <laughs> I spent about ten weeks on a ranch in Wyoming. Right. Um, yeah, the, the subplot it it surfaces every now and again yes. on the show <laughs> in the Teton Valley, and I can tell you. You don't brand a, a steer more than once. Yeah. You know, no, you no. just. So obviously, the droid is a sadist and enjoys hurting, enjoys hurting the droid that he's hurting. Right. But another thing, you don't like brand the bottom feet. You know, you don't like. <laughs> right. Why would you brand the bottom of something's feet in order to see who it belongs to? Those things can't stand on one foot, right? Like they don't have the balance. So you'd yeah. have to actually push the entire thing over. Tip them over, yeah. Tip it over and then look on the bottom and say, oh, job of the hut. Cool. Put it back. Well, that, that was the other question I had is when you look at the shape of the brand, it just – it literally looks just like a, a grill plate. Like it's yeah. not – there's no, there's no symbol. There's no it, – so it's very it, – yeah, it's a strange mix of, of torture and and – branding <laughs> and here's another question steve how uniform are the droids in the star wars universe right yeah. how many droids can you brand with that machine I, it seems very tailored to, to power droids <laughs> if, if you tried to do that to r2d2 you just burn his dick right <laughs> if you tried to do that to c3po you'd scald the inner part of his leg right like it only works for a power droid so does that machine only exist in the basement just to brand power droids and are that are there that many power droids like out and about that you would need that machine for and right. a droid dedicated to doing that all day right yeah it it, it was very um i'd say yeah borderline traumatizing because I, I loved return of the jedi when i that was my favorite growing up and that scene that kind of transition between that that uh 2-1-B just getting like ripped apart and then the poor power joy just getting it, it was that's that does stick with kids i think it definitely stuck with me yeah and i i think you know, this is a toy podcast and we'll get to the toys but shut yes, up everybody we will. We will. um there is something too about the fact that the things that are being destroyed are old droids from the old the old movies 
so that there is some degree to which you know Luke is growing up and he's he's putting away childish things you know and he's he's getting his cool lightsaber and everything that as an audience as a child you have to grow up and see the toys that you used to play with being tortured by the toys that you're going to play with you know you know like there, yes. there is a, a kind yeah. of passage into adulthood or something yeah um, some kind yeah. of real realization of the way that the world works I don't know, Steve, I might just be a dreamer. Uh, and then and one more thing about that scene. Yeah. You know who the winner of that scene is? Hmm. It's always the winner, one of the top ten, whenever we do this game, Steve. It's the power <laughs> droid. Well, yeah, yes. Yeah, because I mean, let he's... me give you a list of the things that you see tortured in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Princess Leia, Han Solo, <laughs> power droid. Okay, like that in your head, that those are the things that, so in my mind, this elevates Power Droid to the point where this is now the Power Droid from the Jawa Sandcrawler. <laughs> I think we need to say it, I think we need to say it's canon, that it's the yeah. same one. It's the one, yeah. And, and that it has some kind of special information or that it's been through something and that it has its own adventure. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think that's the real winner, even yeah. though it ends up getting branded like six times. <laughs> and also, since when? Uh, wh why does the gonk now talk? If we were doing an episode about right, 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 we'd be upset because yeah. we'd be like, why do we call it gonk, Steve? What does it say, Steve? It's all it says in that original is just gonk, gonk, right? But so... now it's all like, oh no, hey, knock it off, not the feet. Whoa, 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 watch it, buddy. Choochie, wawa, hottie, footy. <laughs> You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that was a good rendition there. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so, yeah, oh. I, I guess those are my 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 general yeah. thoughts on 88 and that scene. I will yeah. also say, Steve, what is 88's only line? Does he have a line? Not in the movie. Not in the movie. Huh. In the Kenner commercial. Oh God! Do you know I need what to go back, and, Steve. I, need to, I actually didn't catch the commercial for this round. What does he say? How's business? <laughs> Are you kidding? No, oh, he says perfect. that to Leia Bush. Oh, right. How's that is business? A... <laughs> the galaxy explodes. The rebels return. You can relive it all with Kenner's Star Wars: Return of the Jedi Collection. How's business? Not bad for a bounty hunter. Chewbacca, Princess Leia, new AT-8 and ATST driver action figures each sold separately. Arr! Take me to Endor, ATST driver. I've no orders. Arr! You do now. Princess Leia? One move and I'll set off this thermal detonator. Let's go! Chewbacca, Princess Leia Organa, new AT-8 and ATST driver each sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Oh, that's amazing. How's business? Uh. So that is just, I love the idea of the clueless Kenner executives who are like, I don't know what this thing is. What does it say? <laughs> I, I don't know. It looks like a banker droid. Uh, how was business? Oh, that is, oh, that is perfect. Wow. So I, I am thinking that for the, maybe for the virtual archive party, we'll make little t-shirts with a ADA just having it say, how's business? How's, how's, how's business? <laughs> Just even that sentence, like, how's business? Like, how, what a weird line. Oh, that is so bizarre, but so yeah. perfect. Oh, that's great. All right, I've been talking a lot, Steve. You, you prepared a lot of stuff, but I came yeah. right out the gate with things to talk about, huh? No, it's good. It's good. Um, so uh, just a, a quick note on, on him being a villain. I think it is, we can safely say that he is because he, 
he was included in a, a catalog pack that was just titled Seven Pack Villains. <laughs> okay. So that, that settles that. Um, but I don't know if you want to get into the, the, uh, the behind the, the yeah. scenes stuff. Or, okay. so, so he's definitively a villain. Yes. But let's say who else they put in there. Clato, Nikto, the Emperor, Emperor's Royal Guard, ATST yeah. driver, Rancor Keeper. Yeah, he's yeah. To me, he's less, much less of a villain than than eighty-eight. <laughs> I'd say he's more of a victim. Yeah, he just well, loves well, too much. Oh man, that's that's gonna be a good episode whenever we get to him. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so Steve, right. you're saying that you want to get now that we talk. We talked about the toy for like one second. I talked about the Kenner commercial, right. and later yeah. he he has another line later where he goes, "Princess Leia," because when he finds out that his business partner was actually Princess Leia, that that's his other line. But uh, but you you want to get behind the Steve and you want to talk about skeleton droid? Let's go behind the Steve. <laughs> yeah, well this this kind of piggy's piggybacks on what we were talking about and that he uh, he really does kind of look kind of ghastly and uh, there was this concept art that sold on Prop Store uh, I don't know when but I'd never seen it before and it, it almost looks like. Uh, like something that Stephen Gamble would have drawn, like the, the guy who does those scary stories in the dark. It's this very oh, grotesque okay. and creepy looking design for what's clearly 88. And it, it is very skull-like, which um, to me just reinforces like our, our kind of inner feelings about him. Like, yeah, that's definitely what he looks like on the inside too. <laughs> yeah, but, um, it's also the, the face that he the has. Face. Just the yes. kind, of, kind of like the eyes. He reminds me of Frank Langella. You know, you know the actor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wait, he also plays Skeletor. <laughs> no, no, no. The guy he reminds me of is the guy who plays Tessio in Godfather. Oh. oh my God! This is the best call ever. I have to look it up now. One second. Tessio. Yeah. Godfather. We almost What's watched Godfather in, instead of. Uh, Nightmare. In, yeah, instead of Nightmare on Elm Street, but it's too violent. Um, let's see who plays Sal Tessio. Oh, Abe Vigoda. Oh my God! Of course. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so that 8 works. 8 There's something there. There's something there, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, that, that's... So this drawing, he's very kind of skeletal. Yeah, we are going to talk about a couple auctions today. Yeah. Um, so it was a conceptual sketch. I'm not sure who, who did, did it, it either. Yeah, that's the other thing that I'm, I'm curious about is who the designer was. Because um, I, I looked in the in the concept art books i didn't see anything credited to anybody and i definitely hadn't seen that image before so it's it just was kind of neat to, to go back and see it um and then <clears throat> in terms of uh there wasn't all that much to him really beyond that but the the script i thought was a little bit interesting in that um originally both uh ev99 and 88 were essentially the same character there wasn't there weren't two droids so in the rough draft R2 and 3PO go to the boiler room and they meet what's described as a tall, thin, human-like robot named U8D8, Chief of Cyborg Relations. <clears throat> Sorry. And then as it goes along in the next draft, they change the name to EV8D8. Ah. And then the next draft after that, it becomes EV99 and, and that that's the character you know. So it's interesting that the name definitely kind of had that the name for 88 was way back it was at the beginning before there were two separate droids but uh, I thought it was cool that you ended up with both in the end yeah there is something that Lucas likes to do with droids right where 
you have the multiple C-3PO's or you'll have the things that look like C-3PO, even multiple R2 units, just the right. sense that, uh, first of all, the boiler room, that's just like, <laughs> maybe that's why all the stuff in Nightmare on Elm Street happens in the boiler room, because yeah. the yeah. boiler room scenes in Nightmare on Elm Street are eerily similar to Jabba's Dungeon. Yes. Neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> but the, 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 just having these droids that look similar but just a little bit off, it reminds you that they're appliances, you know, that they're not people or they're not actual characters. They're just appliances. And he constantly tries to remind you of that despite the fact that you love R2-D2 and you love C-3PO. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's true. Um, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's it about, you know, as far as the, the behind the scenes stuff, there wasn't a whole lot, but well, I read uh, some behind the scenes stuff about where they tortured R two D two, and I actually <laughs> mentioned it earlier in the episode. I was thinking about editing it out, but it's you know, yes, no. um, <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's where that noise comes from. <laughs> uh, well, I did I did write a, a sky coup. Yes, yes. I'm I I, I figured this is, this one's going to be it's going to be deep a deep cut. <laughs> well, it is because the real question is. That's what we read on e, on EV, EVU8D899. What we read is happiness that he's doing it. Right. But we don't really know how he feels. And I think mm. that his life is actually pretty miserable itself. Much like the Rancor <laughs> Keeper, they're all just like cogs in this machine. And they're just a part of this like evil empire that just does harm to everybody. But they themselves end up you know, bearing the brunt of it. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> Steel, torture, fire. Humanoid cog machine man, programmed to be pain. <laughs> oh, programmed to be pain. That that might have to be the the answer to how's business. <laughs> yes, <laughs> how's business? Programmed to be pain. <laughs> As opposed, like how's it going? Same old S, a different day. Right. <laughs> programmed exactly. to be pain. <laughs> um, apparently, you want to talk about Disneyland. Um, oh, that that doesn't that's that could be very brief, and I, I might have okay. even mentioned it before. But uh, I just I have to say that my favorite thing about that whole Star Wars land is that they stuck eight D eight in there uh, on this giant rotisserie, roasting this weird animal. <laughs> so wow. instead of grilling power droids, he's grilling food, and it still somehow seems like it it works. Um, but it's just one of those things where like. That was the first thing I noticed. I'm like, oh my god, it's 88. And most people kind of walk by; they're not paying any attention at all. But uh, yeah, just a, a fun. I like the, the detail like that more than the, the big picture stuff. But yeah, well, that's cool. We don't have to talk about uh, Splash Mountain then. Uh, <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> he killed my childhood, dude. How many times is your childhood gonna get killed? Like. Your childhood has got so many lives. I mean, George Lucas started the job. Right. But everyone just, your childhood is just like, I mean, it's just, how many times does it come back? <laughs> I'm lucky. My childhood has never been killed. And there have been many attempts. That, the whole Transformers franchise was an attempt on my childhood's life. But fortunately, I just didn't care. So yeah. I was totally safe. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that series of assassins of movies just had nothing <laughs> yes. on you. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So now, Steve, you actually want to talk about the card back art, and yeah, I am all for there's... talking about this card back art because yeah. the the card back art is a good example of 
quality, confusing Star Wars card back art. But like, you see the figure, <laughs> it makes sense. It's another one of these characters where they bear, there's basically only one image of it anywhere. Exactly. So you, just, you, yeah. you can get it. You can get it both ways. Flip to the left, flip to the right. But either way, you're getting the same damn image over and over again. <laughs> with this, yes. this little Abe Vigoda face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's it is true that yeah, it, it is the one thing that you see for every every type of product, any kind of placement, it's just this one image. Um But but again, what, he, he has a look. Here he doesn't look like he's enjoying it. He does look like it's just his you know It's a job. It's yeah. a living, you know, that he's just <laughs> right. doing this painful thing where you know, maybe actually this is sort of a Samuel Beckett type thing, like a waiting for Godot thing, and like they like this is just their entire life. They're like they they wake up in the morning and they go to bed at night and they're always just doing this. It's just yeah. these same two droids just stuck in a no you know this no exit kind of situation. Endless you know? cycle, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Which is I, actually what waiting for Godot is about, partially. Interestingly enough, it is partially about like a semi-sadomasochistic relationship. At one point, this character comes in. He sort of implied that he always causes pain to his partner. Huh. There you go. There you have it. I yeah. do think there's a Beckett reading in here. Uh, so, yes. Good. That was a good episode, Steve. So, uh, <laughs> next month. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you want to say about the card, the card back? Well, I think it's, um, it's funny because you – on the actual card back itself – uh, the the bubble area completely obscures the power droid altogether. So it, this when you see the the original photographic image, when you see the goofy power droid with his legs kind of kicking there, it just I don't know. There's just something really kind of funny about it. Um, yes. And uh, and also, you know, they they clearly did a lot of, of work behind AD8, and then they added some extra sizzle to the to the grill for for artistic you know purposes i guess uh but it makes it very uh just kind of abstract uh you know without the power droid's feet what would be great is if someone did a custom where they put an upside down power droid in this card and just had yes. that right above it but uh yeah I, I i just thought it was interesting the kind of the lengths they went to to manipulate it um for for a character that yeah like you said i i don't know how popular this figure was uh it definitely isn't one that I think, like you were saying, most people outside of the real hardcore type fans would really recognize as a Star Wars guy. Um, but still, like you see all the lengths they went to for this card back is—it's just fun. Like that's that's what I love about this. I can't believe I haven't noticed this, um, <laughs> but the way that it is, Steve, who is AD8 torturing <laughs> himself? Yeah, he just <laughs> his a carded AD8 figure is just. Somebody torturing themselves for eternity. <laughs> for eternity. I mean, yeah. the dungeon is is a hellscape, right? Like it's different right. la layers of hell, and there's monsters, and there's like you have your guides and the whole thing. Yeah. And, and yeah. he really is, you know, maybe eighty-eight feels the pain of the droid. <laughs> I don't know. It is something amazing. It almost looks like a halo or something floating above his head. Yeah. In the yeah. back image. Right. It's not quite. It doesn't look quite. It's definitely manipulated a lot compared to the original image. Um, but yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, that's that's awesome, Steve. That definitely. Uh, I think that card back art really deserves uh, deserves a lot, all the attention that it's got. Um, there's also an interesting thing as far as card back art goes. The the tri logo card back art, which we don't always mention. Right, um, and the Trilogo website was done by a guy named Joe, 
And yes, he used right. to be an 88 collector. Uh, yeah, I found out recently yeah. that he sold off his whole collection. Um, so that's why we're not having him on here. Uh, but it's funny because the, the, the branding machine is just totally off of the... It's just blocked by the French text. So ah, you can't see it. Okay. So, so, the, so he's just kind of floating there. Yeah, he's kind of floating there on his yellow um, name right. as opposed right, to blue. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was also a an auction recently for the unproduced Power of the Force eighty eight. Oh wait, what's what's this? I don't. I think oh, I missed that. Oh, that's right, Steve. Someone did some good research today. <laughs> yes, at a Hakes auction, ah. a Power of the Force uh, four corner, you know, four square corner proof was okay. auctioned off. Uh, uh, actually, I think it's a chromalin. Yeah, I think it's a chromalin. Okay. Um, of the unproduced eighty-eight, and it's just On a really Paris nice image, yeah. and you don't see the brand at all. It's just huh. him in the square. Interesting. And Steve, uh, how much do you think that sold for? <sighs> so this sold today. I don't know. Some, uh, sometime last year. Recently. Okay. Oh God. Um. I don't know. Let's say sixty-five hundred. Seven thousand. Very good, wow. Steve. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Good. So, so do you? If you would like to talk about, um, so just, I, why do I have Duncan in my head so much? <laughs> Are we? We're fine. You, yeah, you we're promised okay. me we're fine. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're all good, Scott. Don't worry. We're, we're I think fine. I'm, I'm putting my stress in other things in my life on this, so I just need to know I'm doing that. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, we we've got a good twenty minutes. Of um, all the people to stress out about, too, Duncan's very relaxed. He's a yes. very cool guy. Yes. Yeah. He would want us to keep going on. <laughs> I, I swear, Sam, I'm about to have a hyperventilation attack here on the, on the episode. <laughs> he would want us to talk not about the noodle cards because obviously that's a Duncan talk. Yes. But yeah. he would want us to talk about, oh, maybe a nugget? Yes. Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. From the archive. Okay, Steve. So this is the time to talk about Jabba the Hutt's dungeon playset, yes. which there's no way of getting around it. It's the torture playset. Uh, of course, yeah. there would have been a, a torture playset for Bespin as well, um, but that was unproduced. <laughs> But right. <laughs> it's pretty amazing that there's two of the three torture scenes uh, to get play sets. Yeah. <laughs> and uh. I saw some interesting things in here. So what, what do you want to say about all, what are all these things that you're... Uh, so, yeah. There's a couple of items here that I think kind of speak to, to the torture aspect and um, uh, in an interesting way. Um, so the first item is a, it's an, it's a photograph, really, of a concept model for this play set. And so it has, um, you know, the mocked up new version. So it's the, the base of the old Joy Factory painted in gray. It's got the three new figures that were coming out with this set from Sears. So it has 88 uh, Nikto, like we talked about last month, and then Klaatu Skiff. Um, and then it has this really great uh, concept painting for what the play set was going to be. And so the first thing I, I noticed was that the, the Power Droid is featured in the painting for for the playset so you see the little thing that he would have been hanging in and you can see the little grill branding thing that would have been (laughs) used on him um and uh 
Yeah. So the, the other the other thing to note too is that in this it has all of the Droid Factory parts as well. Right. And when the set came out, it didn't have anything. It just had the crane. And uh, I, there's a great line. I'm, I'm almost certain Ron wrote this. I'm, I'm positive. Um, where he talks about the lack of the the parts when it was released, and he says that quote the only about the only thing you could do with this. Uh, was stick an R two D two figure to, to the crane and swing him around like an angry cylindrical pinata. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is true. I mean, that, you you got the crane, but you didn't even get any of the the parts. So, I, I think it kind of shows the initial ambition of the playset um, that didn't really make it to the end. Um, there's also I don't know if you noticed the the wind up Takara R two D two that's in there. Yes. Uh, like it's a and he you know Ron talks about whether or not that was maybe something they were thinking about including and. I think that's really interesting. Um, yeah, because that, not... that would have made it very interesting yeah, for yeah. consumers to say, now with wind-up R2-D2. Right, exactly. Because um, you have that, that weird R2 from the original set, so I could see the logic of them including a new weird R2-D2 in this set, but that didn't happen either. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I, I like seeing these initial phases of things and, and how they, they really usually show something that was a little bit more ambitious than, than what ends up on the shelf. Um, yeah, do you have any other any thoughts on the concept model? No, just that that I've never thought about the dungeon playset even once. I just have, <laughs> I mean, I know it exists, yeah. right? I'm not, right. I'm not, but if you asked me, was 99 or in there 88? Only today did I look it up and realize, oh, later editions came out with 99. We'll talk about right. that. Yeah, we'll I, talk I about just, that then. <laughs> I just haven't really thought about it because my parents never bought me one and I. I think if you gave it to me, I would have been disappointed. I mean, even with three Star Wars toys, I would have been like, right. yeah. no, nah, I'm straight. It's uh, I, What does it do? It's a piece of plastic. And like, <laughs> it, I, even the even the droid factory doesn't really appeal to me. So Yeah, yeah. I think you have to have, if anything, you have to have a little bit more of like an interactive type play to it. And this is really just, yeah, a piece of gray plastic in the end. Um but yeah, uh, so the the second piece, which I figured you might be even more interested in, oh, um, I am. <laughs> uh, was a a chromalin for the playset. So uh, this was um, you know the early kind of approval of the package design, and it's got a great like running change that that took place, which goes back to our theme of of torture. <laughs> yes, um, and it's it's fascinating too because often chromalins. Are not that interesting. I mean, they're always beautiful because the, right. the way the colors pop, the, the yeah. paper, it's it's very rich. But they don't always have interesting content. This is sort of a revolutionary thing that I'd never thought about, and it has actual change to actual text. Yeah. So yeah. what this article, which was uh, I guess written by uh, Mensinger, I believe. I um, think so. Yeah. Mike Mensinger, and it's all about the collection from Joe O'Brien, the the collector who no longer. I guess he probably doesn't have this anymore. But he points out that if you have a Jabba the Hutt dungeon action playset, or as we call it a Tajahadapap, right. um, yeah. if you have that, you have a sticker on it. And there's a sticker that says, use the branding iron on any droid, any droids in Jabba's dungeon. Right. You've never noticed that there's a sticker. Right. If you peel that sticker off, you would see what it said on the original Chromalin that they weren't even interested in changing and instead they just used a sticker. <laughs> and the original text was 
the branding iron will torture any droids in Jabba's dungeon. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that the 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 pairing of words iron will is is in that sentence. <laughs> yes, that's true. It, it's it's uh it's a very assertive aggressive statement for yeah. a, a child's toy. <laughs> Well, just everything uh, about it. I mean, I don't, yeah. do kids know what branding is anyway? Right. I don't yeah. think they really do. I, not really, probably. And it really confuses but, uh, the issue. Is he branding or is he torturing? Because branding right. is not torturing. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it, it opens up a lot of uh, psychological, moral questions. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, yeah, I love that detail on this and that it's captured on this chromalin. It's awesome. Yeah, it really is. And but that's hiding on every single box. Yeah, every single box includes the word torture. <laughs> Hidden underneath. Hidden yeah. underneath. Yeah. And oh, then man. the actual production playset is just a boring piece of nothing. Right. Um, <laughs> but I guess it was a Sears exclusive, so I guess that's kind of the, right. Yeah. And I do uh, like in the in the catalog picture they have uh, eighty eight sort of in an action pose. Sort yes. Of doing the yeah. running man, uh, and that's. That's pretty cool because yeah, I, they, I don't associate him with doing anything other than just standing there like a forlorn right. old pagoda. Right. Yeah, well, they took away his, his torturing device, so what else is he going to do? He's got to dance around a little bit. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't, we don't talk about playsets all that much, but this seemed like the right time to do it. Um, yes. Wait, so in the the actual toy has the brand though, right? I, no, I don't think so. I think it just has the hook. Um, so it, I, the box has the brand. I'm pretty sure. I, we should the confirm this. The box shows the brand, but the actual toy doesn't have the brand. I don't think it does. Um, so then well, how could it say on the box, use the brand on any... Yeah, maybe that's a, a, a mistake. Um, are, like, are we actually going to look this up? Oh my god. I, the I, it's okay. going around in his grave. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, Jabba's I, dungeon <laughs> play set. You know what? Loose. Okay, I have it up. It does you have... have it? it has... What looks like a sim? It's kind of like a branding iron. Yes, it does have one. Um, so yeah, it's just that that catalog image happens to not. But yeah, so there's the hook, and then there's the little branding piece at the end. Okay. Yeah, that, it's that does make a difference because the branding iron it makes it a little bit cool. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> All right, Steve. Well, that that was uh, that was pretty exciting. I, I don't know what we're going to say about you want to do a vintage vocab as well. Uh, yeah, this, I figured this is a short and simple one, but it's just something interesting to know about AT8. Um, but, uh, yeah, do you want to hit that? It's vintage. Okay. Okay. So, so, so the I believe it's one of the words I use in the in the intro, which I now have to find, Steve. Thank you so much. <laughs> which is a two up. Yes, two and up. A two up just means what, Steve? Just basically means that whatever you're talking about was designed at a two to one ratio. So, uh, you know, with the coins and stuff, you hear those talked about as six ups because the the coin design was six times larger than the production coin. And then it happens to be that 88 and EV99 were the only two figures, the three and three quarter inch figures that were sculpted at a two to one ratio. So 
Uh, there's a couple of pieces on the archive that have that, that display this. So you have a, a painted hard copy, which is basically a, a double-sized 88, uh, which is really, really cool. It's That's something I would have loved to see in person. Um, so it's made out of Dynacast and painted in really fine detail. Um, and then the second piece, which is something we, we talked a little bit about last time, it's a blue or a blue harvest version of the hard copy, so it just kind of shows the, the the detail underneath. But it's obviously it's not an original vintage piece, but it definitely shows the the kind of craftsmanship of the hard copy and, and the two up process. Yeah, so, and they're they're just gigantic. They're, they're really, huge. Yeah, they're yeah. really very cool. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't too bad, Steve. Yeah. No, quick, you also quick, okay. wanted to have some kind of de- de- oh a debate D eight revival. <laughs> I get the I get the idea. So if you've been listening to the show for a long time, actually a uh, long-time listener, Holger, I can't pronounce his last name, it's in German, um, suggested to somebody who's saying, what can I listen to that's interesting? He suggested listening to our early podcasts. And uh, my initial take, of course, was like, well, why not listen to the most recent ones? But then, I, <laughs> but then I was like, you know, I wonder what it must be like to listen to our early podcasts. I, I, I just know I that I sound like Minnie Mouse. <laughs> Hey guys, Wampa Wampa, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Well, yeah, but it was the the birthplace of such great puns as Debate T8, you know? So we used to have, have, without further Clatu, we used to have a a debate section where we called a Debate D8. I'm not going to debate you, Jerry. I'm not going to sit here and debate you. And I can't fight. Fight. That's a battle. And I can't fight. Fight. value of the deal or no deal uh, I, on, yeah. on Facebook I I, I, I I kind of preface this I don't I don't necessarily think this is a debate I just wanted you to pull up that <laughs> that drop again because it's okay. it's awesome but uh, I, it's just one of those things where it's a funny migration point in the hobby that happens every now and then and I it just seems like everyone that is is there all of a sudden and it's all sorts of activity and it's very popular you know, and i'm gonna join I, it right now Are you ready okay <laughs> i hate to join do you buy by yes i do do i agree yes i do so i'm now a member of the deal or no deal group which i wasn't a member of for a long time until about right now yeah so yeah it so if you haven't been following this um it used to be that in order to sell something on a group you had to give a price. Right. Now you don't. That's the end of my story, right? That's it. <laughs> that, like, why are we calling it something cute? It's just, hey, remember we had that rule that benefited everybody? Yeah, we're not going to have that rule anymore. And instead, we're going to do it by this bad way. But everyone's going to do it because you make more money doing it that way. So we're all just <laughs> suffering. Our whole hobby will suck a lot more. But for the time that you're the one who's selling, for that brief period of time, for that sliver of time when you're the one who's selling, not the one who's buying, it'll be a slight advantage to you. Yeah. Yeah. What do I think about deal no deal, Steve? I'm not a big fan. Yeah. That I I figured as much. Uh, I yeah. I'm I'm not really either. But I'm not. I'm also not nearly as as engaged in terms of the market side of things anymore. So it's been more of a, huh? What the heck's going on over there? Kind of thing for me. Um, yeah, I mean, but it's yeah. interesting because Christian Julius is selling a lot of things on there. And, In, and including he, a, a pair of two-up uh, Dynacast legs for 8 to 8 Right. So, and so yeah. th- these things are really cool. 
um, and people are offering him really not much money. Yeah, that, for, I think that's why it's still there. <laughs> yeah, I think the final one was thirteen fifty. Yeah, um, and I do think that he's been selling a lot, and he, has, he doesn't definitely. sell a lot from his collection. So no. if it's getting him to sell things, then that's cool. You know, I mean, there's a chance that it's a positive because some people will only sell if they think it's the most optimal condition. Right. And if right. that's if that's the agreement, then then that's then yeah, I, I, I guess think that works. I think that's one side of it. Yeah, and then it, I don't know if you well now now you will probably notice since you just joined, but there was a, a wave of archive party sales on there too. Like all of a sudden, a huge surge of people selling archive party stuff, which was just so crazy to see. But it reminded me, you know, back back whenever we were first starting, that like you are always you know saying like one day people one are gonna day. want this stuff they will and sure enough you know it's, so it's it's just interesting from a an inactive collector's point of view just to kind of watch it happen and see how it unfolds Steve, you're not but, inactive you're just well <laughs> not very attentive to the market cool so then we're going to do a combination of an unloved item of the month and then a new segment that we just came up with called how duncan can you get <laughs> where we try to figure out how Duncan can just be as Duncan as he wants. And by that, I mean have an amazing collection of Star Wars, uh, weird things, unexpected things. Uh, at least once an episode, there's a time where I go, do you think Duncan has something like that? So we're, we're going to just get him on the show more often. Because of, of all the sort of luminaries of the hobby, I think he's the one who we've called for the most and had on the least. Yeah, I think that's... That's a fair assessment, so I'm going to remedy, remedy that now. Okay, I just have to figure out how to call him and uh, get some more water. All right, okay. sounds good. You don't hate, only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. Okay, Steve, well, we got Duncan on here, and... Uh, I was trying to describe to him before I hit record why we want him on here, but we just really want to Duncan up the place. Um, <laughs> it's the, the corners are too clean. Uh, we just need more Duncanage. So uh, well, welcome aboard, Duncan. Thank you very much. H how would you define Duncaning? <laughs> well, I guess it's just a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're in our uh, unloved section here, and so there's a couple random pieces of improbable cardboard, and uh, and we thought that we'd we'd bring you on to discuss them. Steve, which one should we start with? Uh, so the first one, I don't know if I actually mentioned this to you, Duncan, but I, I'm I'm sure you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but there's the those Japanese noodle cards that that have the yeah. different characters on the front. Um, yeah, that one of them happens noodles. To, right, Myojo, That's right. Um, so I, I, I know absolutely nothing about these other, other than that, that they exist. I don't know if there's anything interesting behind them or, or, if, or if they're tra like tough to track down. Um, they're or if there's exceedingly any other... tough to track down, yes. Even in Japan, um, only a couple complete sets that I know of. Okay. And I'm missing one, so hopefully I can track one down soon. But uh, it's just been, you know, years and years of searching for them and... Uh, they just show up so infrequently. Mm -hmm. uh, another interesting thing about them, I think there's 30 in the set, if I remember correctly. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, but God. they do... With that, That's a lot. <laughs> it is, exactly. So it's not very easy to do that either. Um, but they have a lot of unique um, 
images, some are not of the usual things, which, you know, it's kind of more fun instead of just putting together a set of the same old, same old images. Um, and, and it's a mix, too. It's mostly Jedi, but there are some Star Wars and Empire uh, thrown into the mix. And uh, so kind of a interesting uh, Hoth uh, hanger, the Rebel Base hanger, I remember, is one of the ones that's kind of a behind-the-scenes shot. Huh. And uh, it's, it's kind of a one image that you don't see that often. And uh, 2-1-B yeah, and, with and some, that some little... Of the, sh- the ships, too, they seem to be different, like pictures or angles or... Yes, or, exactly. Yeah. Some odd angles that you don't know, always see. And so they seem more like... Um, it's almost studio shots of, uh, of the models as opposed right, to right. something from the, the films. So. Yeah, uh, Rob Dougherty had helped me get the, the B-Wing one because it, it features essentially just the, the card back image. Um, so that was really, it was a fun thing to pick up, but not really quite understanding how difficult they were to track down. Um, that's, that's good to know. Which, which one are you missing? Of course it's Boba Fett. Uh, oh. oh god <laughs> that's right <laughs> it can't just be you know some snow speeder or something like that that nobody's <laughs> focusing on <laughs> oh so, that's terrible so my, myojo is a brand of noodles right i believe that to be the case yes yeah and and they're just like so they would these cards would come i guess the noodles would be served dry obviously so you'd get the the cards with the noodles and and yeah, just we might as well talk about these, Steve, a little bit, right? Because when else are we going to talk yeah. about these? Yeah. All these images. I mean, you have the great, the standard. Uh, well, we've decided, uh, Duncan, that eighty-eight is played by Abe Vigoda. I don't know if if you agree okay. with that or not. <laughs> um, but if if you remember Sal Tessio from The Godfather, I think that was the model that they based it on. There's also one of these cards of IG eighty-eight, and he just looks really alone, <laughs> like. It's right. Am I, am I wrong about that, Steve? Have you seen the image of the of the IG eighty eight? He's just on the on the Death Star hangar, and he's just kind of like just sitting there. I don't know. Right. It's not like all the other bounty hunters are around him or anything like that. I think it's just the you know behind the scenes shot almost where he's just you know riveted to the floor. They just uh, left the robot. Yeah. Prop. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they don't they don't do anything to try to make it look more real. They just, you know, here's the photo, live with it. And then the the last one I'd want to talk about is the C3PO because I'm pretty sure that's the C3PO that Lily Lady used on their card back, right? Didn't Lily Lady use a different C3PO image for their card yes, back? Yes, if if I remember correctly, the C3PO and both and the R2D2 are both um the images that the Lily Lady Card backs used for their uh, C3PO and R2D2. Yeah, and the the, mm. C, the C3PO, I believe, he's in the Endor bunker. Is, I think that's where where he is, and he's like he's a little bit redder no, or it's something. The Millennium Falcon, isn't it? The tree mark is stupidity. Oh well, I, I would defer to you on that one. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Oh yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, makes no, sense. It's, a, it's an Empire. It's an Empire picture. I should probably go get it and look at it uh, instead of going off of my memory here. Oh, I'm, I'm kind of uh, cheating. I'm looking at Rob Doherty's uh, Facebook uh, post about it. <laughs> So that's, uh, that's how I, I can, see it. I can find it fairly quickly. Um, but if I remember correctly, it's like the R2 is the one where he's in Bespin. Yes. Uh, that kind of scene where him in the hallway. And then um, the C-3PO is him standing by one of the side Falcon controls where he's, you know, an empire when they're trying to, to fix it. Right. Um, but, yeah, these things uh, are yeah, yeah. A, a pretty unusual, not very common uh, image. 
And even the uh, the the ATAT, you know, you think, hey, let's have an ATAT card, but instead of it being a Hoth scene, it's the Endor scene. Right. <laughs> it's just the yeah. sort of dark, unreadable uh, image. Yeah. Well, these are great. I had I had never heard of these, Steve. Yeah, these. Yeah, I, I hadn't until not that long ago. Um, yeah, they're they're really cool. Um, well, I guess it makes sense because yeah. okay, there's, there's yeah, no I've got mine here, and that is that's from Empire. Right. Okay. Yeah, no Chewies, guys. So I guess there's a reason that there's they a wouldn't reason be on here. Yeah, so you're safe there. <laughs> oh man, um, that is kind of interesting because it's, it's very, um, you know, there's not that many of the main characters. True, as, true. Which is again kind of atypical. Yeah, there's no Han yeah, Solo. It's it's mostly there's a whole whole bunch of Lukes. You know, you have basically yep. the entire run of Luke. You have a a farm boy, you have a skiff, you have a Jabba's dungeon. Yeah. Wow. Very strange. Um, See, this is what happens when you dunk it up, Steve. <laughs> um, yeah, so the the next thing, before we get into your your favorites, um, it's just another AT8. It's the same image, but what used on, it's probably a similar type deal where it's these Peruvian Pepsi cards. Um, right. And so I just love, you know, I think you put this description on all these cards uh, on the archive, but you just say, send in a full set and be entered into a drawing for a round trip flit, a flight to from Lima to, to Miami. Personally, I'd rather keep the cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I figured, are, are these similarly tough to track down as a set? Yes, they're very, very difficult. Um, and that's uh, a semi-common deal with with some of the sets that um either trading cards or stickers or some of the food promotions is that you put the set together you put all this effort into it and then they tell you to send it in to enter in a contest or you send it in and you get some <laughs> other deal and promotion uh, yeah. that to me seems kind of a pain you know or you know <laughs> kind of lame to put all that effort into it and then have to give it away yeah yeah, wow, yeah, these so are true. these are really great cards. Yeah, and they're they're also a little bit. They're not always the most expected images either, from what I can mm -hmm. tell on these. Um, yeah, as I recall, it's a, another one of those that, and there was several too. It was like over forty, I think, on that one. Um, oh my gosh! So that was a pretty good sized set to put together as well. I do have a complete set of that one, so that's that's good. But I think there's an album for them, which I have not seen. Uh, uh, and so I don't okay. own that, but I do believe that that exists. Okay. Well, a neat thing about that, I was just looking at some of the ones I'm interested in, and, you know, the Chewy is the sort of stock uh, drawing image, Lando Skiff, the same thing, like the the sort of key art that they would use, uh, just sort of hand-drawn. Yes. But then the Emperor is him coming down the down the the ramp, and that's really cool, because I, I can't think of that image being, he's sort of like doing the finger guns, he's like, ah, rise, you know? and, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's, I really can't, I mean, I have a lot of, you know, Emperor stuff, I can't think of seeing that image on anything, so. Yeah, wow, these are fun. Uh, okay, so then that, that's a good lead up to what, what we wanted to do every once in a while, is just, do you get the reference, how Duncan, can you get, Duncan? Okay. I'm sorry. What was the question? The, the reference is to the movie Top Secret. You ever see that movie Top Secret? I saw it once way back in the '80s. Yeah. Yes. Well, anyways, Bill Kilmer plays a like a, a teen idol, and his song was called "How Silly Can You Get," 
And so my idea was to do a theme song based on that. But seeing as neither you nor Steve has heard of it, uh, I think maybe I need I need to come up with a with a better uh, a better hook here. Duncan. Um, but but you sent us, yeah. I, you know I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I know. Yeah. So you sent us five things when we said just just do some Duncaning for us. This is what you came up with. So take us through what are the things you decided to share and why. Okay. Well, yeah, five things. Boy, that's almost an impossible task. <laughs> yeah. with, uh, um, it's like 20% so of your collection. So I basically collection. just stopped once I got to five. Okay. <laughs> I just didn't even want to think about it anymore. So Because uh, uh, I would have said, oh, no, this is cool, too. I should put that in there. Maybe six is okay. Or Yeah, uh, let's change this one out. So I'd still be working on it right now otherwise. Uh, but, okay, we'll start off with the fancy stationary set. Fancy. Yes. Um, and so it's not just an ordinary stationary set. Now this one's a fancy stationary set. <laughs> and but, and uh, where where was this made? This is from the United Kingdom, a company called H.C. Ford, uh, which you know may or may not be Harrison C. Ford, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, they did a, a fairly extensive line of school supplies in, for – Return of the Jedi, and just slightly before, so 82, 83 uh, were most of those. But uh, uh, pencil tops and pencils and notebooks and, you know, that kind of, of item. And uh, so this is a combination, kind of a, a big box full of, um, of stationary items. It's the fancy stationary set. So. Yes. But I like the artwork on the box. It's a... It's pretty unique as well. It's not your typical scenes. And, you know, as is often said, uh, by the time you get to Return of the Jedi, a lot of the artwork um, is just very standardized. Right, right. You know, this, this, this artwork is... is unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's some of the better artwork I've seen because it reminds me of like a figure case, you know, like exactly one of what I was figure thinking. cases. Yep. But it's actually yep. better done because yeah. it, it divides the movie into like multiple sections. So the entire right side is an Endor scene. Uh, the top right, you have uh, Biker Scout versus Luke. But there's real expression on his face. You know, they're not just copying some kind of stock photo. And then underneath, you see Han and, and Leia and Ewoks fighting against an ATST, And you see one Ewok kind of bugging out and just running away. <laughs> um, I, I explained to my daughter today the, 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 the idea that Vietnam is what Endor is based on. That was fun. Um, Walks are always fun. And then on the top left, you have the Jabba's palace. And then the bottom left is just the masterpiece. That's Luke and yeah. Vader with the Emperor watching. A totally unexpected angle. There's foreshortening on Vader's arm. There's It's just totally dynamic. And then the dead center, you have Vader's face and like TIE fighters and, and X-Wings being chased away. Uh, so this art was never used anywhere else, Duncan? Uh, that's correct. Wow. So the artwork in the center, the, the Darth Vader helmet and the, the dogfight, uh, that is kind of the HC Ford logo, so it would show up on a lot of their products. Okay. Uh, but the artwork around the edges um, doesn't. So it's, not, it's unique to this. Yeah. Oh, man. It, it's interesting that, yeah, Luke is, like, he's not ever shown in anything but his just really standard Jedi outfit. You don't have him in, in the poncho or in the robe. It's just that, that straight Jedi Knight outfit in each image, which I've seen that in a couple other things, but um, it, it's just interesting to see it 
twice here. Right. And, yeah. and even three times, really. Yeah, three times, really. Yeah. Also. Right. Mm-hmm. And then on the inside, you have a, a an eraser that looks like the record. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, now, he, here's a question, Duncan, just because this might be fun. Do, do you remember when and under what circumstances you got this stationary set? There was a, a couple that I was trading with back in the early 90s in the UK. Okay. And so this is where I, I ended up uh, getting this one from them. Do you remember what you traded for it? No. It was kind of funny because they were very interested in, at the time, um, things like Patrol Dewback, um, Death Star playset, you know, the Kenner one. Um, Skiffs, obviously, were very popular. There was a, a few things that just they didn't get originally in the UK, mm. and so those were things that they were interested in. And then there was uh, a lot of modern toys too, so like some of the Dick Tracy movie oh my um, toys. I would yeah, I would go down to the you know store and buy those and ship them over, and then they send me vintage uh, Star Wars stuff. So oh, that was a good trade. Yeah, you see, Steve, that's that's why you always ask one extra question when you have a good exactly, person interviewing. Yeah. You ask one extra question. You might be rude, but you might get an answer like trading a, a Faces Malone will get you a a, a, a fancy stationery set. Wow, awesome! That's right. Was so, oh, and the wow. other interesting yeah. thing about the fancy stationery set is that the interior is all different. Okay. I don't know about always different, but there's multiple multiples. Um, of what's inside. So being a completist can make it kind of uh, tough that way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So very 80s. Um, We're going with the radio watch uh, with headphones. Speaking of Dick Tracy. (laughs) Dick Tracy, exactly. There you go. The TV watch didn't become the radio watch in this case. Yeah. (laughs) And so this was a company Bradley did, um, original Star Wars, Empire, Jedi, uh, and even droids cartoons um, watches. So they did a, a complete run there from, you know, 77 to 85 or so. Uh, but this is one of the, the more unique ones. It just is very 80s with those um, headphones, the little foam ear protectors, and then you would plug that into your uh, watch and be able to listen to the radio. Now, is this on the archive as well? Uh, it should be. Okay. I haven't looked recently, but I, if it's yeah. not... I, as if it's not, I'll get it up there, but it is, I believe. Okay, yeah, because I was, I, I was often wondering about that because that was sort of a, a secondary thing is if we can ever help get things, you know, because sometimes it's very often that you will have something amazing and it'll have your name on it and there won't be a picture. So I was like, gah, I just got to call him and he'll send me a picture. And so, yeah, so this thing is, <laughs> this thing is just great. Now, I have been this year, I've put 25,000 photos on the archive. So really? we are getting there. Yes. And I've added a couple thousand new items too. So we are getting there. Um, that's one of the things that I've been spending my time doing. So like, like I, okay, I know I'm talking to two very humble people who don't like to brag about things that they do. Um, but, but you guys should be bragging more. Steve, you should be talking more about your podcast. You should be plugging it more. And Duncan, 25,000 more pictures. We should have that should be a banner on the archive that just says now with twenty five thousand more pictures. I'm gonna get lower. Yeah, on it that. kind of what it does is it draws attention to the fact that there should have been twenty five thousand photos <laughs> no, there ten years ago, here. and I'm just now getting around to no, getting them all there. Get out of here. That's uh... right. yeah. No, the, the, 
the an archive is is evergreen, Duncan. It, it's always that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> wow. See, oh man, because that's I, crazy. I felt bad when I said that because I was like, oh, I hope that Duncan doesn't think I'm dissing his awesome work on the archive. But again, Steve, this is why you push one extra layer because now we know that this year there are 25. I mean, I guess I guess the the quarantine's been good to the archive. Um, but yeah, that's. I mean, that we we should have just an entire episode about the twenty five thousand images. Wow, yes, crazy. exactly. We'll go one by one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Quick fire. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's definitely awesome. the radio watch with headphones is a beautiful. So the headphones didn't connect. Did they connect to the radio watch? They connect to the watch. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Wow. That's huh. awesome. That's that's the real cool look right there. That's the thing. That, and there's know, uh, there's another version as well, which is R two D two, I believe. Okay, um, I, that's that was one R2. question I had. Is so the the packaging has that kind of generic wicket uh, liner. Yes. Is that actually on the watch somewhere? It's hard. It to, is. It, it is. Okay. Yeah. Cool. yeah so that's uh, wicket and paplu that are on the uh, watch face as right. well. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, but okay, those are that line art as well. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. and, and you know, like Stranger Things likes to be all '80s retro and all that. You can't have a kid <laughs> with a he- a wired headphone connected to his watch. The comedy <laughs> potential for that is just some kid getting dressed up, being like, "I'm so cool, got my headphones on, plug it into my wrist. What could go wrong?" Uh, it's got Ewoks on it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, wow, yes. two for two, Steve. This is great. All right, what's next? All right, so now we're going to move over to Japan. Mm. Um, and in Japan, we have the uh, pop-up press kit, which I think is kind of fun. Oh, oh man, I was wondering what this kit. was. This this is uh, Okay, so amazing. a press kit is what was given to the press in advance of the movie. Correct. And it came out, what, a year later in Japan, something like that? No, um, no, no. I believe um, Jedi came out very contemporaneous, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think it, it was within like a month or so, if, if I remember right. Yeah, it was definitely that summer. But their their press items by far are the coolest out of any. Um, I've never seen this one. This is oh man, this is great. So if you were a member yeah, of the the Yomiuri, you know the, the the main newspaper in Japan, Steve, I'm giving you all these chances to plug your podcast where you talk about stars <laughs> coming out in Japan. That's why. Anyway, uh, so you would get this in the mail, and it would be. How do you even describe this thing, Duncan? Yeah, so the picture that I don't I don't have is that there's a silvery envelope that it came in with okay. the Return of the Jedi logo on it. And I believe that is on the archive, so people can go out and take a look at that. But uh, then there's a nice folder that has the Struzan uh, revenge art, uh, slightly modified, it's a little sh- shortened to make it more horizontal, um, mm-hmm. quad-like, you know. Um, and then that opens up into uh, information about the characters, the scenes. There's um, photo, color photos, uh, which is, um, you know, really not typical, I guess, of a, of a press kit either. A lot of times they're black and white. Right. Um, yeah. And then a, a sticker sheet, too, uh, that has the Return of the Jedi logos. Uh, so it's more designed um, as kind of a promotion kit. Um, as opposed to maybe designed specifically for the press, you know, it it definitely seems to have less of the, you know, it doesn't have any of the stapled um, mimeographed 
sheets that say George Lucas began his film career with THX 1138, you know, and all the information that you see in normal press kits. Uh, this is just more very promotional, just kind of a you know, zazzy kind of thing to get you excited about the movie. Yeah. And oh, man. it's really effective. So the pop-up thing, that, that was just an envelope that – and it, there's a picture here. It's hard to describe. But yeah. it's – okay. The background image is the medical frigate and mm-hmm. then it's uh, Art, and it's Darth Vader's head from the Death Star in front of it and then there's an Endor backdrop with Luke in Jabba's palace in front of it. Next to yep. him is the Jabba's palace creatures and then on the other side is R2-D2 and 3PO and then there's just an Endor – Floor. Kind of like mossy forest floor beneath it all. Yeah, this yeah. is like a Man, weird right. collage that turned into a pop-up scene, and it's really nice. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I haven't seen these. I almost wonder if at this point they were just trying to give things to the press that the press would give to their kids, and then their kids would get excited, and then they would report <laughs> right. on that and say, uh-huh. "My kids love this movie." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard to know. What do you think something like that would go for now? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, I don't know that I've ever seen one up for sale. Um, it's fairly niche, so some things might keep it pretty low, but on the other hand, it's pretty cool looking. Yeah. Uh, so it would really kind of depend on what the person tried to ask for it. I think it's one of those things you could probably find in the 50 to $100 range. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, somebody could easily put it out and try to get, you know, two to 400 for it and maybe get somebody like Steven to, yes. you know, <laughs> buy it or something. Yeah. How, how did you know, Duncan, that I was trying to figure out what to get Steve for Christmas? <laughs> That's <laughs> right. I, I was just, anyways, you have any more Japanese friends hanging around who want to, want to help me, uh, hook Steve up? I think that'd be, I mean, of course he, he would just, he would just have to, you know, give it to his baby and just destroy it. And that, that's fine. That's right. <laughs> Cool. Well, I think we have two more items left. These first three have just been delightful. What? Yeah, okay, good. Well, uh, so the next one is a pretty hefty piece. Uh, kind of shows you some of the ways that by the time Jedi was coming around, you were getting some pretty big pieces of, uh, of furniture, literally in this case. And so it's the headboard for a child's bed. That's what that is. that is. You just sent us this image with no context. I'm like, what See, that's, is this? Yeah, I think that was right. The, yeah, exactly. Was, yeah, yeah, fun idea. And you can't like, even really tell the size either, but it's huge. Um, okay. You know, I mean, it's a good headboard size, and it's yeah. probably now an we, inch thick and really heavy wood. And now we need a selfie, Duncan, of you with your head beneath it, so we can get the scale. <laughs> <laughs> Put a little pillow, my little Jedi right. pillow, right there. And, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and let's describe and so it. The, so, uh, so this is from yeah. the United Kingdom. Oh, okay. um, a, a company in Ireland with the unfortunate name of Kidnap. <laughs> so, which just because you can do a pun doesn't mean you should. I think we should all learn from that. <laughs> but uh, and this is another example where they use that kind of typical line art. Uh, particularly right. for the Vader and the Luke, but they yeah. do it in a in a good way. It, it doesn't come across as 
the same old image that you've seen. It's you know highlighted a little differently, and the stormtrooper is yeah. different. Right. Yeah. yeah so, so I don't remember the stormtrooper. So, I, I feel like yeah, you see the Vader and Luke on their own a lot, but yeah, the combination is, is actually really well, cool. Well, it's it's the thing yeah. is it's the layering and the framing. So it's got this sort of uh, this this red shape in the background, and the way that so it's it's Darth Vader, then Luke, and then a stormtrooper, and Luke is in the middle, but he's contained by the sort of oval over him. But Stormtrooper and Darth Vader both break out of it, so it really feels like alive, right? It doesn't seem like... It's clear that it wasn't just a pre-cut piece with something painted on it. It actually yeah. was made to fit Vader's helmet, so that makes it interesting. It's Vader holding yeah. onto his belt and pointing at you, but they use these blue highlights everywhere, so that mm-hmm. it's it almost feels like an odd Marvel coloring and then and then it's luke with his i'm a badass putting my glove on but they have all these red highlights like including on his his like lapel that's like turned and it it's just an odd highlight and then the the stormtrooper is totally off model he's just shooting but it looks like he could be getting shot it's just this whole fire explosion from his hands like he has gun hands and it's wow what an amazingly bizarre image isn't it? So, that, there were uh, multiple pieces that were made for that line, uh, but that's the only piece that I have. Um, wow, by kidnap. So. Kidnap. <laughs> and you figure it's um, pretty unusual, or you know, not very many of those would have survived. And yeah. then getting them across the to the United States is kind of a, a trick sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm now looking on the archive, and I am seeing that there's also a C-3PO and R2-D2 headboard, um, and an R2-D2 nightstand, a Darth Vader desk, an Ewok and C-3PO bed footboard. Wow. That is... Yeah. That is really wild. It's a good catalog. (laughs) And do you have all those? No, this is the only piece that I have. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Sorry. That's just that's just incredible to think how frustrating that you have. I don't. I can't think of anybody having more stuff than you have. And then the idea there's like four out of the five things you don't have. <laughs> right. And like the only reason that we yeah. know they exist is because of your work anyway. So you could have put yeah, twenty other uh, ones on here, and we'd all just believe you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, it's like, oh, not trust me. They're out there. Yeah. The emperor. Uh, <laughs> Arm wrestling uh, 8D8 headboard. All right. Well, Duncan says it exists. <laughs> it's got to be. Yeah. All right. Well, then what's the, what's the last one, Duncan? All right. Last item up for bid is our uh, Star Wars yogurts. And so this also is from the UK. I guess this was a heavily uh, Anglo-centric um, set of five. But, uh, yeah, so yogurts from a company called Dairy Time. And uh, they did a line of, uh, I can't remember if it was seven or eight, um, yogurt cups that uh, were very interestingly flavored, at least from my perspective on some of them. I'm not a big gooseberry fan. Um, and, uh, and Chewbacca, Peach Melba Chewbacca was, uh, was Jabba the Hutt. Fudge yogurt, which is what I say <laughs> whenever yogurt. I stub my toe. Fudge yogurt. <sighs> Fudge yogurt. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Stop. Wow. Dairy time. Fudge yogurt. Wow. Yeah, and this, how big is the sign? What's that? How big is the sign? 
Oh, so this one, there's two different sized ones, and this is the one I have, which I think is probably, oh, 15 by 12 or something like that, 12 by 16 maybe. Um, I would imagine the archive has the exact uh, uh, measurements on it. And then there's another one that's less horizontal, more vertical, and I don't own that one. And, but, and it's uh, really beautiful. It's got the Darth Vader in the back. It has a Tatooine scene. The yogurts are all placed like they're on this rocky surface. There's like a, a starburst where I guess that would be where they'd put the price. This was like a point of purchase yeah. sign. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. the thing that's really bizarre here, I'm going to get to be kind of a typeface nerd, but um, <laughs> Star Wars is italicized. And I can't ever think of ever seeing Star Wars italicized, right? Am I am I looking at that wrong? It is italicized, right? It's everything. I think it is. And then underneath, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Underneath it says yogurts in a Star Wars font. I also can't <laughs> think of non-Star Wars words being used in the Star Wars font, mm. and it's really kind of clumsy. And I don't like it. Doesn't quite work, but. Anyways, I'm right. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's another one of those. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> yes, you know, the 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 T into the S doesn't really do anything, and the right, yeah, the G into the U and all that. Yeah, yeah it it really doesn't. So I guess those are some some larger questions for the for the Smithsonian um, is whether or not how often is Star Wars italicized, and then how often in the vintage line were words other than Star Wars in the Star Wars font, because this is a good example of why you should not let them do this. <laughs> right. And I think that's something that they do more modernly, too, mm. is reuse the Star Wars font with the product name right. or um, the you know flavors or, or different uh, descriptors. Uh, so I do think that that's something that's kind of picked up over the last 10 or 15 years. Yeah. But it's even on the on the yogurt tins themselves that they like they write gooseberry. Right, even on the yogurt itself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Right. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Well, I, apparently that is how Duncan you can get, Steve. <laughs> did, how did you end up with that piece? Beware what you ask, right? <laughs> yeah, no, um, I really love it. The... <laughs> so I got most of the the yogurt cups from that same couple that I was trading with in the early 90s and um, have since learned that there's a minor variation in the uh, Star Wars logo in how it's colored. And so I've started going back and getting extra, you know, trying to find the ones that I don't have because, you know, I didn't have enough to do yeah. uh, as it was. So <laughs> 25,000. I have one. to go find more things to get. Um, but uh, the poster, I believe, uh, might have come from Lance Forrest, if you guys remember. Oh, yeah. Lance. Yeah. So he's still around. But uh, back in the 90s, he had a, uh, a storefront in uh, Southern California and did mail order. And so I got uh, quite a bit of, of great items from him over the years. Yeah, he's he's definitely someone we should we should probably have on the show at some point, Sky. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely I know his name, was... but I don't particularly know why I know his name, other than he was around yeah. for a long time. Yeah, he's got he's still so the name of his of uh, company was was Jedi something. I can't remember off the top of my head now. And then he got kind of a cease and desist on that name, and had to change it to Star Force Collectibles. And oh, so it was right. Star Force Collectibles through the most of the nineties. But he actually had a storefront that was um, completely Star Wars, and uh, he got interviewed on a few 
shows at the time. You know, Sci-Fi Channel had, had done some stuff with him, and uh, but he definitely is kind of a myself, Todd Chamberlain kind of person in that he's very interested in uh, a lot of the more offshoot type of items and, um, you know, loves those as much as the toys. You know, I'm thinking about this. There's another California collector that I, I don't think we've ever talked about on the show, but I think of him in that same kind of, you know, Duncan Chamberlain uh, area. Uh, I think it was S.W. Seller. Do you remember him? Yes. Yes, and so that's you. You're right in there with with Lance, uh, because Lance sold uh, when he got out of the the thing in the '90s. He sold all of his extra inventory to James Borella, I believe. I don't remember how to pronounce his last name. B O R Y L A. Um, but nice. that's Star Wars seller, SW that's seller. Right. That's okay. Right. And so you're basically seeing second generation land stuff there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I, that's so funny because when you were talking about some guy in California, I was like, that reminds me of SWs because I have tons of like so much of my ephemera Chewbacca stuff came from SW Cellar back in the in the mid 2000s. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Damn that that almost seemed intentional, but it wasn't. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that answers my question. What was the deal with SW Cellar? Um, yeah, I think that Sky, that that Chewbacca pin that I I got you as a uh, thank you for the for officiating our wedding, that was from SW Seller. Wow, <laughs> you know, it's funny that that all comes around. Yeah, so I guess he's still around, still still uh, selling off Lance's old stock. Yeah, <laughs> and then all world apparently uh, Duncan, I just am looking at the show notes here, and I don't know if you're up for this. He wrote Market Watch Torture Game. <laughs> Loser gets weird, weird temporary tattoo branded on their feet at the next archive party. Interesting. <laughs> now, the, the thing to keep in mind, Duncan, is we've had a lot of, you know, threats in our market watch games over the years that have never come to fruition. So, uh... right, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I definitely have to say that they're more fun to listen to than they are to participate in. Okay. Um, <laughs> Well, that's good because they're not too much fun to participate. Uh, that's, I guess, the, the sadist of me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well, I'm, I'm, I'm in if I'm in if you're in, uh, Duncan. But uh, all right, let's let's do it. One dollar flicks. Market watch. Okay, it's only it's only five items, uh, okay. and it's it should be you know it's eighty eight, so you would think it'd be painful, but hopefully it'll be painless. Oh my, so these are only about eighty eight items. Holy this is only eighty eight. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll, so we'll make it make it quick here. Um, okay. All right. So we've got five items. Um, the first one is just a uh, what do you think a recent uh, Return of the Jedi seventy seven back eighty eight carded figure in decent shape ungraded sold for oh my god <laughs> my only saving grace is that duncan probably hasn't bought a carded figure since the last century exactly dollar so. <laughs> 97 <laughs> yeah, last one he or bought was these was... one of the two for 50 cent ones right? <laughs> let's see when last time i was at child world um uh okay so wait i have to write down the only thing I have to write in is my copy of Kellerman. I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Um, uh, let's see here. Okay, I'm going to write on the back of this Pizzeria Uno sign that my daughter made for me for Father's Day. 
because we always eat a pizza at Uno on Father's Day. Okay, so I am going to write down. Okay, do you have your number, uh, Duncan? Yep. Okay, I said 150. Okay. I said 85. 85. 121.05. So, wow. It's it's higher than I would have thought. So, so <laughs> yeah. I'm not good at math. Who won that one? Uh, let's see. 30. Uh, that would be. Let's see. What was yours? Was one fifty, right, Sky? Yeah. I think that's you, right? I, I think, can't yep. do math I think so. Yeah, Sky gets a point. All right. Oh, I feel my hand on the lever, Duncan. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So up next, we've got a. It's a Return of the Jedi uh, sixty-five back Canadian Ooh. eighty-eight. So this is the the Emperor offer um, Canadian version. Canadian, and it's also ungraded, but but pretty good shape. Man, those Canadians do not pay up for their Star Wars figures. I don't... <laughs> so it's a good thing to keep in mind. <laughs> well, like, the British and the Canadians just need to, like, come up with an agreement of being non-American Anglophones where, like, the British people just chill out a bit and spend a little bit less on your figures. And, hey, Canadians, why don't you pitch in a little extra for your insanely rare figures? There's a real <laughs> imbalance there. Um, okay, but I'm going to write down my number anyways. $45,000. No. Okay, I have my number. Duncan, do you have yours? Yep. Okay, I said $200. Right. Okay. I said 125 A bargain at $51.84. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did I tell you? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, yep. that's what I said. You know, it's, yeah, you, you were totally right. It, you can get a good a good bargain here. Um, so they're not, they're not, I right. don't have my hand on the lever, I have to say. No! No! Okay. <laughs> we're tied at one. Uh, all right, tied at one. All right, round three. Uh, this is a Return of the Jedi 79 back, so it's the Anakin offer. Uh, it's also nice shape, but ungraded. Jesus. Wow, I don't care. Okay, I have a number then. Okay. All right. Okay, I am okay. saying that it is the same number as the back, $79. Nice, okay. I want 100 this is a, a great number for this. It's 86. So, <laughs> Sky's got another one. <laughs> 86. Yeah. Wow. You can. 86. Yeah. People do bye, not bye care 88. about 88. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, all right. So, Sky's got a, a, a two to one lead here. We've got two more items to go. I figured rather than the figure, we, we since we've been talking a lot about the Jabba Dungeon on this okay. episode, I'd do two of those. Oh, boy. All right. So, the first one. What do you think a just a complete loose playset of the Java Dungeon playset would go for? So it's got the three figures, it's got the base, you know, it doesn't have much beyond that. It's the complete thing but loose. Okay. And it's not graded, not sealed. Not, not graded, no, just a just a, a run in the mill, loose, complete playset with the figures. I wrote down a number. Oh, and not boxed even. It's not no box. box, no box, just okay. just the playset. Okay, I wrote down and a number, figures, but, yeah. but just for fun, Duncan, if you're a completist with the Jabba Dungeon playset with a D8, is there anything more than just the one thing to get? If you're a completist for just the um, playset, yeah, yeah, that's um, no, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Okay, huh. I just I'm, well, it's it's. I mean, there's not much 88 to begin with, really. Right, there, yeah, right. If you go with just card backs, there's what? Just Canadian, Letty, Trilogo. I've got a Power of the Force proof that's un, unproduced. Um, 
that's about it, right, in the U.S. Yeah. And I think that may be all. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, and there's not many, because you wouldn't have a Palatoy, and you wouldn't have a oh, Canadian. Did I say Canadian? I remember. Yeah, yeah. But you wouldn't have a Secuda. You wouldn't have a Meccano. So you probably just have those. That small group. You. Yeah. yeah. So you'd have to pay a million dollars for the Letty, and then <laughs> everything else you can get for cheap, as we're learning. So yeah. I've never, so I've never seen the Letty. Is the Letty a different card back? Does that look different at all? Uh, um, no, it's, it's fairly the same. similar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's got the blue, the blue plate. Um, yeah. But um, okay, I looked it up and said, "Did you mean Lady Eight D Eight? No, I didn't. <laughs> I saw that weird. No, I didn't. That weird sort of. Do what I'm telling you to. Oh my God. Oh well, Steve, I'm gonna do it to you. Huh? Do you know what a Lily Lady sold for? Oh, oh you're looking up on on eBay. Oh man. Oh, d- uh, wait, wait, I don't... wait, Steve. It sold two days ago. Oh, okay. Uh, I haven't. I had not seen it. How did you um, not see this, Steve? Oh my. Okay, so I'll, I'll do this for you. Or maybe, for, maybe I did, but I, I was for you and Duncan. So it's a, a AFA seventy five Lily Lady eighty uh, eight that sold mm. on June eighteenth, two thousand twenty. I, I don't know how I missed that. Um, uh, you said it's graded seventy five. Yes. Seventeen hundred. Okay, what, what do you think, Duncan? Twenty five hundred. It went for six thousand dollars. What? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you weren't far off, Duncan. <laughs> no. Yeah. I was just looking up a picture wow. just to see what it looked like. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. Sorry. Back. Back to our our previously scheduled game. I'm just having so much fun, <laughs> Duncan. I'm kind of like extending it out. Um, yeah, that's right. Well, well yeah. I, I, so I used to do a big, I used to do a Big Brother, a Big Sister uh, thing, like after school program, and the kids used to like hanging out with me and my friends so much more than going back home. That when we drive them home, they would lie to me about where they lived. So they'd be like, yeah, yeah, just turn left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then just turn right. Yeah, yeah, and then just turn right again. Like you just went in a circle. So that's kind of what I'm doing here. Okay, uh, so I said sixty dollars on this, Steve. Sixty. Oh wow! Okay. I said one seventy-five. Wow, so this one went for one twenty-five. So, all right, got a tie, tie going in, tie to, going uh, into the, the last end. round here. Who right? is going to be the one saying no? No, no, no. <laughs> All right, so this, uh, so keeping in mind what that one sold for, loose. How about a a sealed version of the playset? It's not graded, but it's it's never been opened. The tape's still there. Hmm. Okay. Okay, I'm just writing down numbers, but I'm. Um, okay, I have my number. Me too. Okay. All right. I said it's eighty-eight, eight hundred and eighty, eight hundred and eighty dollars. Okay. I said four hundred and fifty. Duncan wins. No. Four hundred. No. Oh my god. And I was gonna go for a full sleeve too. <laughs> Uh, well, okay. This is it's, I, I had this other thing as a bonus question just for fun. Okay. Um, so on this uh, sealed playset, it has the original Sears price tag on it. What do you think the original uh, retail price was for this playset at Sears in 1983? Well, again, Duncan probably mm-hmm. bought it there, so <laughs> right. Uh, 1899. Yeah, I was gonna say like 26. A bargain at twelve ninety nine. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 
crazy, right? It's just yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's still not worth it. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I guess for the figures, but right, the, yeah, the, figures. Yeah, you paid for that. Hunk the of playability Joe. was was not quite there, was it? Not, not quite. No. <laughs> All right, my we uh, the torture. paternal grandparents uh, would always give me the Sears exclusive every year, and so that's where I got mine. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. And that and that's so that was they order from the wish to. the wish book or they get it the yeah uh huh and so that's what I got it for Christmas and they would order the wish book yep wow that's really good my grandparents my grandmother saved me oyster crackers from restaurants and uh, <laughs> so that's what I got from her was oyster crackers I still love oyster crackers but I could have gone for a Sears, a Sears exclusive you uh... rather go for a Sears exclusive yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome wow well this this really worked uh get getting some duncan in on the show steve yeah no we'll have to make this a uh a recurring you know every every once in a while we got to get you back on for awesome well i'm always happy to do it yeah Yeah. great all right hey all right so i'm i'm back here i'm recording again i always end up feeling like i'm hanging up on people too abruptly but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's just there's just nothing you can really do, you know. It's, it's hard to say goodbye, and it is. It's yeah. really fun talking to Duncan. That's nice. Yeah, that was. Um, yeah, my, my only fear is another... that <laughs> is that we might get too close to the oddball section from the the vintage right. rebellion. Um, right. But we were doing you know unloved items before they were so. But when when he when he came at us with like three stationary items from England or whatever, I was like, oh boy, <laughs> I'm sure they've <laughs> talked about them, but. <laughs> But the rest uh, yeah. of it's just so good. It's and also like, I could hear Duncan talk about the same five items on three different podcasts and two different celebration things. I would just be happy. Just the eighth time, you know, it's like Big Lebowski. Like I could just hear him just talk about the stuff over and over again. Yeah, so. no, it's uh, his and uh, he usually teams up with Jonathan McElwain for yeah. just like the. To me, it's like you know one of the best panels. Um, so yeah, I yeah anytime. I'm I'm always up for for that so yeah and so good so that boy steve that was a pretty tight episode i think that was yeah, uh yeah that, that worked out well we didn't get to gargan largan even though we're talking huh? about a torture droid <laughs> uh, which is pretty good i mean we are going to have to get into the full banality of evil and the whole frankfurt school and you get into ev99 uh, yeah yeah uh, we don't need to get there be- yet yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, <laughs> what the world is like by the time we get to EV99. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, oh, man. that's that's true. I mean, what will happen uh, to Splash Mountain, Steve? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. It's time for bed, Sky. <laughs> I think it's time for bed. All right, cool. Um, well, we don't really do feedback anymore. I don't think anyone cared about our last episode, but uh, maybe, maybe they do. We got Holger out there, um, so that's cool. Why do I sound drunk, Steve? It's it. You know what? It's just it's that time on the clock. You know, this is this it's a predictable pattern, but it's good. It means yes. you're you're ready. You're ready. Did you know the only drink I've had, the only sip of alcohol I've had for the entire oh, quarantine was during the Pod Mask of Death. So <laughs> we should probably have another one of those so I can cut a little bit loose. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Well then, uh, wampa wampa. Adios. With his colorful Star Wars picture display bag and certificate.